Uh, and I suspect and suggest that the next period of time, we don't know how long that period of time is going to be, but it's going to force us as a tribe, as a running tribe, to get really clear on, on why it is that we run. And those who aren't really clear on why they run, it'll eat them up. Good everyone, that was James Kugler. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio. Interesting conversations with interesting runners. Well, I mean, it's, it's finally, I guess, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, do you? You want to make sure that Dirt Church Radio is going to stick around. It's not going to be like a flash in the pan thing, like one, two, done. If you're going to advertise. Yeah. So who's advertising with us now, Eugene? Wild Things. Wild Things. We're we're collabing with Wild Things. It's a pro-co. It's a pro-co. It is. It's a pro-co collab thing. We've got a code? We do. So Wild Things. Who are Wild Things? Wild Things. Sally and Mel Law. Yeah. In charge of Do you think if you say, hey, Wild Things, I think I love you, his blood pressure raises just a little bit every time? Wow. He gets it so much, I'm sure. Mm. I've seen the love that they get. It's yeah. because... <laughs> yeah, but that's a pretty stereotypical well, hackney joke, isn't it? It is, it is. But they, you know, they do do a hell of a lot for the trail community. Oh, absolutely. They're so, you know, they're probably the most well-known characters. Yes, absolutely. And the Wild Things trail directory, yes. I tell you, it's a beauty. Uh-huh. So you can just basically look it up anywhere in the country and find a trail run nearby. And... You get access to a whole bunch of benefits as a Wild Thing VIP uh, if you sign up for VIP membership. And we've got a deal. And we've got a code. What's the code? So there's a code. If you sign up and use the code, uh, yep, hang on. See, we're really good at this stuff. It is DCR2020. So DCR in capitals, 2020. Yes. Being the year, you'll remember that, uh, entitles you to 15 months VIP membership for the price of 12. We get a little bit of credit yeah. through the Patreon account. They'll, yeah, Wild Things will contribute to us as well. So you're supporting them, you're, you're supporting, supporting us. us, and you're supporting yourself because you get access to these great great memberships. Yeah. Great benefits, sorry. So do it. Do it. Absolutely. What so is their email address? It is www.wildthings.club. Ah, yeah. Clever. Very clever. Montaigne prism mm. jackets. Mm. Initially, when we put them on, granted it was like 28 degrees and we both got a bit sweaty and agitated. However, got me through Riverhead Rampage. They did. I didn't get pneumonia. You did not. Uh, which is usual for around March, like pre-seasonal True. kind of cold yep. lung-ish. Uh, yep. Warm, delicious, stylish. Yep. Fantastic. They're really good. Yeah, they, they look good. They look good. They look good. They feel good. They, you can feel hot and look hot. That's right. Feel hot, look hot. Get it sweaty. No, you don't want to be hot, but they keep you warm. Yeah. Um, where do you get them, Matt? Further faster there in Christchurch. <laughs> don't do it. We'll just play it. How about we just play it? But there are in Christchurch, and they're also online. What's the furtherfaster.co.nz. And if you were going to sing a jingle about them, and it goes something like further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go to further, faster now. Go further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go to further, faster now. I had a Cara Goucher coffee with a K. Oh yeah, what was it like? It was delicious, although I must admit I missed the banana in it, ironically. And you'd think that I'd be gagging for it because it was the only non-spring spring energy gel that's banana, non-banana based. Mm-hmm. Cashew butter being the main thing, but mm. it was freaking delicious. And I can also happily report that I had a wolf pack. You did? Yeah. What was it like? I really enjoyed it, much, much nicer than I thought it would be. I like it. I, like it. I, I really was sort like of it. worried it would just be lumpy cold porridge and big chunks of mango. 
Why would it be like that? I don't because know my, what they're you don't doing. Don't know spring what's energy. inside my head. They know what they're doing. It's you don't energy. know what goes on in but there. But you know spring energy, and you know that they produce good stuff. <laughs> Delicious. And if you use the car, and we're getting some feedback, I'll stop touching that bit on the mic. I don't know why doing makes a noise, but DCR Spring. 10% off any Spring Energy product. I know lots of you out there using the code and loving the Spring Energy goodness. So go mm-hmm. to myspringenergy.co.nz for some delicious real food. Food. Mm. Radio. Episode 85. We made it. And what a time. What a time. What a time to be alive. So there's, mm. this is a podcast of first. This is the first time that uh, we are sitting in Little House of Savages Studios. That sounds grand. That's a bit grandiose, isn't it? Mm. Very empty room mm. that we're sitting in. We're at Matt's place today. That's my what new that studio means. space at my we're, house. We're at Matt's place <laughs> rather than at my place. Uh, we mentioned COVID nineteen last week. Oh, hang on, we have some other firsts. No, no, that's that's it. I was kind of this is a oh, just first so singular. Like we're in my bedroom. Was it oh, singular first? Yeah. Right, okay. and COVID nineteen. Yeah, well, we mentioned it last week when we chatted with John Ellis, and uh, no, it wasn't. We went flipping about it, but you know, it was kind of like a a thing in the distance. And this week, it just seems really real. It's all everyone, anyone is talking about. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we've had to scramble around and find other stuff to talk about today, which we have yeah successfully. But we will talk about that. You know cloud that hangs over us all really serious hugely significant cloud the likes of which none of us have lived under before and you know the show is it is different partly because you know our scheduled guest for tonight pulled out because they had to attend to something related to COVID-19 nothing Mm. nothing like negative but you know the concern around the yeah. concern around the virus, the concern around the implications of it, and they had to go yeah. and attend to their people. But you know, the show goes it, on. Yeah, the show does go on, and yeah. we've you know we had uh, Coach James Kugler jump in at the very last minute with something really cool, yeah, actually. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And we've got some other good stuff to talk about this week. Mm. But we've we got do some really need to let people know. Yeah, yeah, we've got some really. Disappointing, mm. hard stuff to talk about. Um, obviously, in Aotearoa last Sunday, the government announced very, very strict travel restrictions in that um, anyone coming to the country, and by the time this is out, this would be sort of perhaps old news, has to self-isolate for 14 days. And um, Lazarus Lake was coming on April the 2nd, and the relapse was April the 3rd. Um, so that's off because of travel restrictions. Um, because of maths. Because of, because of maths, Cause yeah. Because if, if he arrives on April the 2nd, and then you add, for, hang on, add that's 14, 16 days. Uh, that makes it... Um, April the 16th. Yeah, and it was on April the 3rd. No, that's second see, and third. maths. Maths. Yeah. Maths doesn't work. So yeah, Laz has had to pull out. So that means he won't be at relapse, and he won't be there for our evening with Laz no. chat that we were going to have with him. No. And, you know, the relapse is, is still happening as of this point. Yep. However, you know, th- there's some massive considerations around that right. and it's an, it's an ongoing mm. situation. We had, a, we had a meeting about it last night. And, and, and what we all thought was, hey, look, this time last year we were all frothing about the relapse. And mm. Laz, I mean, amazing to have him here. Yeah. But, and... Um, He's not. It doesn't make the event. Oh no 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 no. And also, was it nice to have? Yeah, it's a nice to have. And personally, uh, you know, as a he's a man in his mid to late sixties. He smokes ciggies. He's you know sure got some circulation issues, and he is prime for a negative outcome. Yeah. So none of us. So I'm quite pleased that he's going to stay home and yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so relapse. Still on at this moment. I mean, mm-hmm. the government made some announcements today. We're talking. We're recording on Monday, so we'd better timestamp that because yeah. things might change. But yeah, we're recording on Monday. The government made some announcements today in New Zealand about uh, mass gatherings. Um, have put a put the put the bar at five hundred. 
Um, indoor or outdoor. Yeah, indoor or outdoor events. So that's already affected some races, um, but not. But yeah, relapse still on at this point. Yep. Yeah. And so too is our live show at Sports Lab. That's right. Lucky we only had four hundred ninety nine of you coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, actually, it's yeah, but but oh, um, I had to trim my entourage. That's right. So if you listen to this on Wednesday, it's tomorrow. If you listen to this on Thursday, it's tonight. If you listen to this on the weekend, you missed it. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so the details are Thursday, March 19th, 6.30 for a 7 o'clock start at Sports Lab premises in Grafton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sports Lab's a multidisciplinary clinic based in Auckland and we'll be covering topics from injury prevention, shoe selection, physiology of endurance running, differences trial to road running, recovery, just to name a few, and I'm sure we'll be talking about uh, yeah. exercise in the time of COVID. Yeah, we it's will. It's like loving the I'm time sure of cholera. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so we're, we're going to cover yeah. all those topics. We're also going to, you know, if there's anything specific you want us to talk about, uh, then then get in touch. Let us know um, some questions that you want to know in that kind of field of, you know, being healthy, physically healthy and, and, and recovery and those sorts of things. If there's anything specific, um, flick us a message. Yeah. How are you doing? You're yeah. so fit at the oh, moment. Stop it. We ran on Sunday and you were just like a I was gone. Trying to keep up with a happy Iron Man. Um Yeah, I'm I'm shit actually. <laughs> I was oh. just talking about this off yeah. offline. Uh yeah, it's really ch- like since we went running yesterday, which was amazing. And mm. it was so nice to see you know, a group of how many of us? About six or seven of us went out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a couple of hours. Really good, really fun. Um yeah, we've our cat got run over. Um <laughs> We had a rabbit torn yeah. apart by a dog in front of the kids yeah. last week. Yeah, it's COVID nineteen yeah. stuffs happening at work. You know, there's massive pressures around that. It's 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 pretty hard. It's a heavy time. times. It's a heavy time yeah. at the moment. Yeah, how are the kids? No, the kids are okay. I mean, Lola's not okay. Yeah, you know, it's her. It's yeah, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, other than that. Well, I mean that's life, eh? But mm. here we are, and we're keeping on going. And I'm it is, it is kind of like this. I described it as like the cloud, but it does feel weird. Yeah, there's it? a real tension. There's yeah, a real tension. There I is. caught the bus to work today. Yeah, and there was a real tension in the air, tension around other people. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, it feels kind of odd. It does. It does, especially you know in a in a culture that's known for kind of, um, you know culture that's known for its friendliness and openness yep. uh, you know everyone's a bit everyone's a bit reserved but yeah. how are you yeah i'm all right i i um yeah i too have had sort of some yeah just that feeling of oddness and it creates a little bit of tension doesn't it yeah <clears throat> because the people around you are kind of calibrating differently to you to what's happening and sometimes they um are at a different you know, understanding of what, or not understanding, sorry, but, you know, their feelings about what's happening are different to yours. And mm. so there's, you know, sort of a bit of tension for you, you know, um, a bit of that stuff going on. I've also proved the adage that it is possible to come back too early from oh. a hundred mile race. And basically I just, it was probably a mistake to come for a run with you guys yesterday. I knew it. I knew it. Um, so I've kind of injured my calf. So I've got pink strapping all over my calf. Why was it? I mean... Uh, Because I went for a run on Saturday and on Saturday night there was a lump on the back of my head. Ah. Mm. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, but I really want to go. I really want to catch up with them. So I went and um, yesterday I was just hobbling around. So today I went and got some treatment from Hannah at Sports Lab. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my calf is basically... i got needles shoved in it and stuff. So anyway... There we go. Some more rest ahead of me. That's but, you know, we'll come to that in that conversation with James. So, um, yeah, let's let's hit it. <laughs> We're on to it today. And the, uh, the, 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 what's the word? Verdict's in on the jingle referendum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got we copped some on Twitter. Yeah, we did. Not necessarily we, liking people the sliding into our mentions. Yeah, I think that um, Maddie's hot takes might be gone. Gone. Sorry, Andrew. Right, right. We were looking around for something positive to talk about, and 
you know, it does seem pretty dark and gloomy at the moment, but along came Lisa Tamati. Yes. And so her book, Relentless, you recall in episode 61, she told us that it was coming out, a book which tells the story of her mother, Isabel, who suffered a brain aneurysm in January 2016. And remember she told that really mm, it was gripping ha- it story, was harrowing. harrowing, yeah, of how Isabel was hanging on to life by a thread. But, you know, Lisa sort of took, as only Lisa could, you know, a Lisa Tamasi approach to this and just really dug in for the fight. And the easy option would have been to just, you know, I guess listen to the experts and and you know watch your mother watch your mother die die yeah. But you know Lisa dug in and she just fought and fought and fought and she you know she tells that story in this book Relentless, um, and it's funny and it's filled with hope and love, but it's also filled with pain. And mm. you know Lisa doesn't hold back as you know from either listening to her own podcast or listening to her when she came on our show or reading her other books. So she was kind enough to give us a copy of Relentless to give away and we decided that one a good thing to do would be to get people to leave a comment about Lisa or how she's inspired you um, on our Facebook page. And, you know, and we got a really beautiful response from people who have clearly been touched by Lisa and we so we drew a name out of the hat. But we thought we'd run through some of the you know, some of the comments. Yeah. So Susan Phillips, one amazing woman with the courage of a lion, but the softness and calmness in the face of a, in the face of a storm of a lamb. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Mark Lolesi said, I was running my first ever marathon and listening to one of Lisa's podcasts. Came around a corner and there she was waiting to cheer on her husband. I told her what I was tuned into and the look on her face was on a pure stoke legend. I went to school with Mark. Did you? Yeah. There you go. Two degrees, everyone. There Two degrees. Yeah. Ken Sparks says, Running Hot was the first running book I've ever read. First book since school, actually. That was three years ago when I was 120 kilos and struggled to run 100 metres. Lisa inspired me to change my life. And three weeks ago, I ran my first ultra at 49 years of age and a much slimmer 85 kilos. She's a true legend in every sense. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, regular guest, I uh, guess, guest appearance on the show, Joe Benbell, uh, who had the greatest run ever last week. Yep. I recently finished reading Running Hot and loved how Lisa articulated what drew her to desert running. Even though the experience had been brutal at times, my life had been reduced to the absolute necessities. All I had to focus on was survival and everything else had become peripheral. Then Joe says, I drew an analogy to what drives me to long distance running, that feeling of flow when you're free of distractions and can just be in the moment. Lisa actually jumped in and responded to, to most people actually, but she responded to Joe particularly saying, it's so true, What's mis- and what's missing in my life at the moment with all the stuff going on? I miss that single focus, but everything has its time, I suppose. Enjoy the miles and the trails. Mm. So we put everyone who made a comment into uh, the Google Random number generator. Not to the draw random out. name generator. Let me no, know that one time. That would be fun. It's um, Moses Ching. <laughs> to, uh, that's right. Uh, to pick a winner of the book. So this person will be getting a copy of Lisa's book. And it was Francine Nathan. Yeah. I read a marathon book in 2016. Oh. I was living by the walkway and really unmotivated to do something for myself. When I finished that book, I started walking daily. Now I walk, run, and cycle, and it's because of her. I met her in the shop about a year later and thanked her. She's one of my idols, and I love it a bit. So we'll be in touch, Francine. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. And the rest of and you, go, yeah, come by relentless. And also, Lisa's doing a talk. She is. At the North Face store, which is 4 bar 80 Queen Street, oh. and it's this Thursday. Is it's it? a book launch, yeah. So you... No, it's April the 2nd, actually. It's not this. It's, ah. it's on April the 2nd. Right. Which is Thursday, April the yes. 2nd, which was the same night as yes. the Lazarus that's thing, same. but that's not happening mm. anymore. Mm. Go yeah. to the North Face and get some stoke. Absolutely. And read the book. Yeah. Right. Races. Yes. So, a couple of weeks back, I had a brain fade, and then I had another one last week, which meant that we didn't include the Alps to Ocean Ultra results in our results rundown. So for those of you who don't know, it's, it's a stage race from the base of Mount Cook, which is New Zealand's highest mountain, Aurangi, Aurangi. Aurangi Mount Cook, sorry, stumble, stumble, to the small historic town of Oamaru, perched on the edge of the Pacific Ocean. So it's 323 kilometres, seven days. There was a it's sensation. a long way to get to Oamaru, right? Since, that's right. Can't go too far. There was a sensational result in the top two unsupported women. So remember... They raced seven stages, uh, 323 kilometres, and it came down to two minutes. Oof. Yeah. 
So Jamie Stevenson won in 42 hours and 14 minutes with, oh, excuse me. Um, Colleen? Colleen, yeah, that's a good. Colleen Ford, second in 42 hours and 16 minutes. Holy. Jackie Bell was moly. third in 43 hours and two minutes. Yeah. And the unsupported men, the indomitable, I write that and then I yeah, can't say it. Indomitable. Yep. Glenn Sutton. 39 uh, hours. Yeah, 39 hours, 33 minutes. Gareth Reynolds, second in 40 hours, 56 minutes. Marshall Main, third in 42 hours and 38 minutes. And what self-supported means is that you have to carry all your own food, sleeping mat, sleeping bag, all compulsory items, and any other items you wish to carry for the entire seven days. Yep. This sounds like my jam, which is option two, which is supported, which is your food and bedding will be carried for you by the A to o t Ultra team. At the end of each stage, you will still have to carry compulsory gear and food for the day. Oof. So the first supported woman was Jenny Posey in 42 hours and 24 minutes, and Jason Rawlings was the first supported male in 34 hours and 50 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who's ever thrown a gumboot? Yes. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. Yep. For those of you who don't know, it might be a, a either a Wellington boot or a galosha. Mm. Yeah. Well, do they have them in Australia? They call them gumboots, mate. Gumboots. Yeah, Fred Dagg. Yeah. He, he was Kiwi. Yeah, nobody let them claim But him. he moved, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. Good old Thai Happy. Deep antipathy in there. So yeah, mm. Thai Happy, which is the gumboot capital of the world. Yep. Central North Island. Central well, North Island. Sort of lower lower North Island. Yeah. Yeah. They had the gumboot gallop. Yes. And I've to put this in because he's a uh, you know, friend of the show really. Yeah, he's Former a former Riverhead he's Maestro. A friend of us, King of Riverhead, uh, now living in Palmerston North for his yep. sins. Um Nick Johnson, mm. who did, ran away with He it. really galloped away yeah. in 2017. Yep. Probably not wearing gumboots. Although, even if you put the man in gumboots, he'd oh, probably run. Yeah, he probably, would have been, he probably would have been 120.30 instead. And yeah. second is Nick Tipling in 126.59, which is a considerable. Uh, you know, That's good time. Again, it's a sharp time, but yep. still. And third, Nick Robillard in 127.23. Yeah, so it was a mixed terrain course. So yeah. a bit of off road, a bit of. Farmland, of course, yep. uh, and a bit of road. So a uh, pretty pretty good time there. And the women, uh, Claire Horner, 145.20, Kirsten Foley, 147.03, and Anita Chan, 147.13. Mean. I remember Man, that. 10 seconds between second oh, and no. third. Ooh. And 24, 24 seconds between um, mm. second and third in the men. I remember Nick, he won Riverhead Rampage yep. three times. Yep. And... I think the second or the last year he won it. Oh no, he did it twice and then he went away and then he came back and he came across the line. It was like around one thirty-seven. Yeah, and we were like, "Oh, everyone's lost. Everyone's lost." Because he was getting a massage and hanging right. out, and it was fourteen minutes <gasps> over. You know, second, third, fourth, fifth, yeah. sixth. Yeah, you know, they came in yeah. within. So they weren't lost at all. They weren't lost he at all. He just smoked them. <laughs> he just. Oh. Yeah, he just got to the top so of he's won, he's won three times. Yeah, Tom Hunt's won three times. That's right. We need to get them together for a SmackDown next year. Well, they have. He's he's beaten Tom Hunt a couple of times. I know, but you know, like three and three. Not not when Tom Hunt had won three three back to back. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. Didn't he make you faint or something? Yeah, yeah. He did. He literally uh, ran you into it, the ground. For some reason, he he sort of adopted me like those YouTube videos. You see a tiger adopting a piglet. <laughs> or some something like that. Like on, he bro. was the tiger, I was the piglet, and he just liked running with me. I think I don't know who amused him. Maybe how I would get sweaty, but he will run. It's like pouring water into this. I don't know what the analogy is, but like as fast as you run, he will match how yeah. fast you run. Yeah, and yeah. you will never. So you can just run yourself literally yeah. into the ground. And yeah. yeah, I did once. He um, once my, our friend Sean Cooper and I went out to do a double double river ram, and there was a group of us ran the first lap. Together and he just kind of just jogged along, and he literally did jog along. Yeah, and then Sean and I head off on the second lap, and and um, Nick was going to get do a second lap as well, and I sort of quickly got the sense that he was kind of waiting for us because he thought that we didn't know the way. Yeah, and I said to him, "Hey, Nick, we 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 know the course. We'll be right if you want to go ahead." And he went, "All right," and he was just gone. And I, I, I didn't even think we'd made it to halfway before he'd finished when we looked on Strava later on. Like, he's a machine. Anyway. So many good memories. The Nick Johnson uh, Appreciation Society second, comes well, to an I end. I mean, but in terms of Strava as well, like in Riverhead, you know, second was definitely the new first mm. for a few years there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, what else was happening? The Motutapu Marathon in the South Island traverses ridges and valleys of the Harris Mountain Range between Wanaka and Arrowtown. It's a 50-kilometer race, 51-kilometer race with a total ascent of 2,790 meters over four peaks. Ooh. Sam yeah. Tosh won in 6 hours 24 and 45 seconds. Courtney Aikinson was second in 6 hours 47 and 56 seconds. And third was Alastair McDowell in 6 hours 52.08. So just over five minutes between the top three there. Chuck a blanket. Yeah. Mm. And in the wins? Chris Jarvis, yep. 8 hours and 28 seconds. Sophie Rolleston-Smith, 8 hours 15 minutes and 38 seconds. And Meg Buttle, 8.37.24. Oof. Shoof. Oh, I... <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? Thinking about racing and, and yeah. thinking about my FOMO last week and, and now going into this climate. I Really at that point with what we talked about before we've talked about, I'm really enjoying training for training's sake. Yeah, enjoy the process. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. But coming up this weekend so far is the yeah, Northburn... Yeah, hold all tickets really. Yeah, it's yeah. the Northburn 100. Mm. Although overseas runners not here before April 16th can't compete because of the travel bans, it should be interesting... Yeah, And Tanya Bottomley, who we had on episode 71 of the podcast, is shooting for the fourth of her Southern Seasons Miler Challenge 100 mile races to become the first woman to do it. So good luck to you, Tanya. Yes, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and good luck to everyone going down there. We've Absolutely. Got some, some mates going down and uh, it should be fun. And yeah, I just hope it goes ahead. Um, a race I want to get to. Yeah, me too. Mm. Right, greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summer. It might just be a run around the block. I was just thinking when we were haranguing yep. our friends yep. in the car park with that very. <laughs> we kind of just—it's like it's like um, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, somebody starts it and you just can't stop saying it, can you? Yep. It doesn't have to be a race. Or, yeah. Anyway. Something that's sung to you for some reason, you can send it into us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com or via our social media. So this is Matthew Gervin. Yep. And it's a bit truncated, so it's, sorry, it's a bit edited for length, so go to the website to read it in all its glory, and there's even some photos if I have the technical ability of being able to load them. Yeah, so mm. this is becoming a runner. So a new, pairs, a new pair of legs, a bone stress injury, and a hungover personal best. Dear Vert Church Rodeo, my second favourite mental health and male Backhausen podcast. What's your first favourite male yeah, Backhausen mate. podcast? Yeah, mm. I must preface this greatest run ever by warning you that it's about a race and a road race at that I totally understand if you don't read beyond this point. No, no, we are cosmopolitan in our... As we've said the last yeah. couple of weeks. Running is running is running is running is running. terrain. Yep. Welcome. Well, we love Hard it. Hard am I, Matt. Yeah. Right. In August last year, I moved to Edinburgh after four months hiking around Europe. I was the fittest I'd ever been, and after walking 1,800 kilometres through seven mountainous countries, I was chomping at the bit to get back into some running. Part of me wanted to build on this base and train for another marathon, but I also didn't want the training to take over when I knew I had to dedicate myself to starting a new life in a new city where I didn't know anybody. So I let my legs decide. On my third run back, I got a little carried away and ran 21 kilometres in a time I would have been pretty happy with a couple of years ago. I felt like I'd been given a new pair of legs for free and I couldn't let that fitness go to waste. So I set my sights on the Amsterdam Marathon, three months away on a fast, flat course with the added motivation that my brother Josh would make his marathon debut in Auckland on the same day. Then I hit the pavement. What he also did was he started listening to do to Dirt Church Radio. And devouring documentaries and books about Kiwi legends to motivate himself. Ah. Mm. I'd worried about running becoming a distraction during my fresh start, but in reality it was exactly what I needed to get me through a tough time. I was going to back to the reality come downs after a year and a half of travelling. I'd just broken up with my long-term girlfriend, lost a close friend to a motorcycle accident, wasn't having much luck finding a job, and was doing my best not to exhaust the last of my savings. Running became my distraction, my focus, my purpose, and what could otherwise have been a very difficult time. So... We'll just jump in here and say that he entered a local race and he snuck in under one hour, 30 minutes for a half marathon uh, by a couple of seconds. Oof. Yeah. And he went to the Scottish half marathon near Edinburgh, which is where we join him now. I wasn't expecting much. I was mildly, mildly hungover from birthday Long Island iced teas, plural. Gosh, the night before, what a hard nut. And with fatigue legs from a big training week, I thought I'd be very lucky to sneak under 90 minutes. I let my expectations go and told myself to just enjoy the ride, and something majestical happened. 
In contrast to my textbook run two weeks before I did everything wrong, I ignored my watch and let my legs run how they wanted to, and let myself get carried away in battles with other runners, I glanced at my watch and told myself that four minute kilometres weren't sustainable, but I kept running them anyway. Approaching the halfway point there was a short out and back section and I got a huge boost seeing the leaders including eventual second placer and friend of the show Sam McCutcheon <laughs> who's since become a poker buddy. Get him to make your coffee, he's really good at that it too. Is, yeah. uh, apparently gliding past the other in the other direction. I was sure I wouldn't be able to keep this up but suddenly I was halfway through and all I had to do was hold on for another 45-ish minutes. I said to myself, even if Amsterdam doesn't work out it'll all be worth it for this run. Then out of nowhere, a crippling stitch probably to do with the Long Island Ice Tees, uh, at kilometre 17 reduced me to a hobble. My greatest run ever shattered before my eyes as fellow runners cruised past me. I'd resolved that I'd have to be content with 17 of the fastest kilometres of my life, knowing deep down that risking at this sort of pace was never going to pay off anyway, but just as quickly as it appeared, the stitch dissolved. Relieved, I launched my final attack, surprising those who had recently overtaken me, figuring I was probably still on track for around about 1.28 and another personal best. Sprinting down the finishing chute, I couldn't believe the time on the clock. 1.26.38, almost three minutes faster than my previous race. Not only was it my fastest 21.1 kilometres, but my 10 kilometres personal best as well. I celebrated with a punnet of hot chips, <laughs> then surprising myself with my quick recovery and dedication to my training recovery programme, walked around the 10 kilometres home. Surprised, elated and sweaty at the end of the Scottish half marathon. Five months later... Oops, sorry, that was a caption for a photo that's not there. You can't see it. Right. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Oh, I totally Ron Burgundy that. You did. I'll read whatever you put in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the first time that's happened, but the first time it's made it onto the show. Okay, (laughs) right. Five months later, is this a caption too? You just read this. Just read on. Read on, my newsreader. Five months later, that race seemed like a distant dream, though I didn't realise it till a few days later. I'd given myself the runner's worst nightmare, a bone stretch injury. Oof. A piercing pain in the shin bone from impact and overuse. I'd made every mistake in the book, building up the mileage too quickly, not resting enough, not replacing old shoes. I thought I was young and invincible when my naivety caught up with me. It was with mixed excitement and frustration that I watched the Amsterdam Marathon from the sideline a month later on. And on the other side of the world, Josh smashed the Auckland Marathon in 309.50. Just when I'd come to rely on running so much, it was ripped away from me. But at the same time, things were finally falling into place for me in Edinburgh. I got a job and a flat within days of the injury. While it was tough to watch all that fitness fade away, I was able to channel that frustration into the motivation to build back up again. After six weeks of rest, I progressed to two kilometre walk runs twice a week, adding 10% each week. I was even more dedicated with my recovery program than I'd been with my training, knowing that any missed mileage one week would prevent me from adding more the following week. Next Saturday, exactly five months after that unexpected race and the subsequent injury, I'm running a trail half marathon in northeast England. Though I've been careful not to get carried away, I've been injury-free for a couple of months now, and if the race goes well, I'm excited for a big northern summer of adventures. I've learned a lot about my body, my limits, including when to ignore them, and what running can do for me, and what it can't. I guess that means I'm a runner now. You certainly are. That was (laughs) epic. That was amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. That was really good. Thank you, uh, Eugene. And you can... <laughs> I know his name's Matthew as well. Oh. Um, you you can read the full, the piece in its full glory. Yep. Uh, on the website, which I know plenty of you do. Yeah. So do that. Right. Dealing with race cancellations. We are going to talk about COVID-19 in a couple of different ways, aren't we? Yes, we are. So one of them is dealing with race cancellations. Yep. Mm. Total Sport, which is, for those of you who don't know, one of the biggest event promoters, event, was that the word? Event organisers? Event organisers in the country. Yep. Um, and they have, for the last 10 plus years, run a race called the Partners Life Duel on Rangitoto and Motutapu Islands mm. and the Hauraki Gulf. And they say it's a sad time around the world. The escalating situation with COVID-19 is having an impact on everyone and everything. Our thoughts and best wishes go out to those in the trenches dealing with this worldwide pandemic. It was just a matter of time before Total Sport became part of the conversation. There's a tremendously heavy heart that this sad decision was made to cancel the 2020 Partners Life Duel. 
The event was due to happen this Saturday. This joint decision has been made by us at Total Sport and our key charity event partner, the Motutapu Restoration Trust. Mm. So, I mean, we that was their announcement of the cancellation of it. And I, I put it in there because I thought it was a really amazing way to start that announcement. Mm. You know, an acknowledgement of this is a difficult time and there are people who are having to deal with life and death stuff around COVID-19. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, in the context of that, racing is racing, isn't it? You know, it's like... Well, I heard something the other day. The mayor of Seattle, he said, you know, they've in Seattle, which is an epicenter of mm. COVID-19 in the States, they've limited gatherings to 250 people. And someone said, you know, man, what if I just turn up? Yeah. What's the penalty? And he said, well, the, or what's the consequence of that? And he said, well, yeah. the consequence of that is you might kill your granddad. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's something that people have to consider as well. And, yep. you know, I'm at an involved in the front lines of our healthcare. Yeah. And yeah. we've got an excellent healthcare system. Yep. And But we don't want it to get overwhelmed. No. And so what we have to consider is, you know, fit runners or whatever is that we may contract the virus. Sure. We may, it's it's contagious, you know, and it draws yep. lots of parallels to that 1918 flu. Mm. Um, we need to be really careful. We do. And, and you know, as runners, yeah, sure, we get disappointed if a race, absolutely, and, you know, acknowledge that, that the, the cancellation of a race um, can be really gutting, um, but it's about context, isn't it? And we're just going to have to learn to deal with that and figure out um, other ways to enjoy our running. Um, you know, as as you say, Matt, you know, as runners, we're gen- generally healthy. Mm. So maybe we contract the disease, maybe it's okay, you know, we get a mild form, but, you know, we then become a vector, don't we? Absolutely, we become a vector. And there are those of us, you know, and you, yeah, myself you, included. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you can't afford to get sick. Nope, I'll yeah. tip over... Like that, yeah, and yeah, you know, with your lung conditions, yeah, so glass lungs, you it's, know, it's 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 not good. Um, so I guess I just wanted to say, put things in context. Really, it, uh, the cancellation of a race, sure, sucks, but life moves on. Uh, you know, it's it has thing. to. <laughs> it's, and I guess it's that thing. I went for a run with my our friend Russ the other day, and we were talking about you know what was. We were the Welsh contingent out in the forest, yeah. you know. We were talking about what we're loving to train for, and basically we came to the same situation, the, the, the same kind of thing. We're training for life, yeah. You know, that, and that's yeah. And it's, it feels especially was, important at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the the number one people say, "What's your next goal after doing Tarawera?" Well, the number one goal for me for a long time now has been well, for a couple of years now has been I still want to be running when I'm old and grey. Um, I still, I still want to be enjoying my running, and so everything I do um, is about, you know, is this still going to enable me to keep running? Is it still going to enable me to keep enjoying my running? Uh, that's the number one thing, and so that hasn't gone away. Mm. You know, COVID nineteen doesn't take that away. Sure, it might take away a race, but it doesn't take away that enjoyment of running. That just that um, being able to celebrate being out there and 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 get on with it. A couple of other things that we wanted to pick up on. This uh, concept of um, self-isolation. So if you are at risk or um, perhaps even have a mild case of it, you know you can be put into self-isolation, which means sort of keeping away from other people to not pass on the disease or pass it on. Disease? Well, people are talking, it's a virus, virus, and people are yeah. talking about, you know, if, if you're symptomatic, yep. if, if you're displaying symptoms of a lower respiratory tract infection uh, or indeed an upper respiratory mm. tract infection, stay home. Yep. Yep. Just don't. But I guess if you if you're not in that situation, although we're being encouraged to you know practice social social isolation, um, <laughs> physical isolation. So so trying not to get too close to people. And we talked about the um, you know the elbow bump. The elbow, and and that's hard, right? Bump. Like yeah. it's really it is difficult to go from. You know, when I saw you today, we did the we did the freaking elbow bump, and we've never done the elbow no, bump before. And no. and working in mental health, you know, mm. like or you'd be, you know, like it's a tactile yeah industry, absolutely. And then yeah. you're not yeah touching people. So we're being encouraged to be that. But 
it doesn't stop you from getting together and going for a run, as long as you're not one of those people who is... Yeah, if in, you're symptomatic. If yeah. you're symptomatic or if you're in uh, imposed isolation, unless you're those things, you can still get together and run with your friends. But just you know, just be mindful, try not to spit on each other, things like that, <laughs> which you shouldn't anyway. <laughs> what kind of running you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but just, you know... You know, maybe don't shake hands and stuff. Don't be sharing water bottles. Don't be sharing water bottles, things like that. But just get out there and enjoy it. Yeah. You know, enjoy your running. Be out together. Get out in the forest. Get out in the bush. Get on the trails, on the roads, on the beaches, wherever. Um, don't stop. Don't stop running. Yeah, absolutely. Don't stop running. And the thing I want to talk about: race aid stations. Honestly, we have to think about some aspects of those again. I don't think we, we just need to think about them in general. Yeah, despite whatever happens with COVID nineteen. I mean, come on. Diving your gooby hand into a bowl of jet planes. You've just been in the communal Vaseline and then you've done whatever unspeakable business and then (laughs) you've stuck your hand into the jet planes and you've pulled, or the Swedish fish or whatever, and you pulled your hand out and there's like jet planes stuck to your hands. Yeah. With no, Vaseline. No, 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 I no. Don't no, know where no. that's been. And yeah, yeah. So, but on a serious note, I mean, yeah, we're really fit as a community, but we're also dirty. We can be <laughs> so extremely dirty. Wash your damn hands. Which is not what we call dirty church radio, but no. um, dirty yeah. church radio. Dirty church radio. Ooh, that's no, 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 I'm not no, even going to Google that. Eh? <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> um, or if you do, delete your search history. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. Don't worry about that alarm going off in your house. Uh, so yeah, just let's think a little bit more about being hygienic. People. Yeah. Mm. Um, we've just skipped through a couple of topics, but uh, I Run Far published some really good, really science-based information around COVID-19 from a trail running and ultra running community perspective. And we really recommend you have a read of it if you haven't seen it already. Mm. We'll put the uh, link in the show notes. Um, check it out and Share it, unlike and the there's, virus. There's, yeah, and there's lots of great resources out there at the moment. Yeah. I'd recommend that you check out, you know, again, if you were to cheat on us with other podcasts, we'd understand, you know, the Billy Yang uh, podcast we talked about, you know, COVID-19 with, um, I can never say the man's name, Mario. Farrelly. And uh, Jason Coop. Farrelly. Farrelly, I don't know. It's a good one. I always like his tone. It's soporific. Yeah. If anything, it'll make you feel calmer about the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that, yes, we spoke to Coach James Kugler, who is a stalwart of the New Zealand running scene. Mm-hmm. He's been at lots of guises over the years, Cadence Coaching, James Kugler Coaching, and now he's doing uh, TTT Runners, which is, and what's the what's the order? It's Tarmac, tra- uh, it's Trail, it's Track, Trail, Tarmac. So he, he multi... Uh, sort of surface runs a couple of times a week or lots of, lots and lots of sessions. And because he put up a, um, what was it? Some unsolicited. Un- unsolicited advice, which, which we thought was really, really good. And so we spoke to him about that. And you'll excuse my sort of rambling at the start. I was a bit of six and sevens at the start. Um, but, yeah, it's a fantastic little chat with Coach James Kugler. Dirt Radio. All right, kia ora everyone, all the way from Bombay, we are speaking, not Bombay, India, but Bombay, Auckland, we are speaking with uh, Coach James Kugler. James, how are you? I'm well, thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming on at short notice. Um, you intercepted my panicked message from the bus stop today because things are a bit topsy-turvy with coronavirus at the moment. People are frightened and needing to be other places and... It, it sort of tipped everything on its head. Mm-hmm. So it's great to be here. No, oh, it's great to have you. So you, I was just gonna. We were just talking off air um, about your race yesterday at the Bombay Half mm-hmm. Marathon, um, mm-hmm. which kind of touches on where, where you did a spectacularly fast time, by the way. But also, even more impressive was what you walked away with. Yeah, cool. Uh, cool. Little, little local event uh, organised by the Bombay Lions. Uh, they're a great group of um, gentlemen and ladies, uh, and they tap a bunch of the, I guess, the local growers on the on the shoulder as they're up in Bombay. And, and so, you turn up at the event. Was I think it was forty dollars to run the half marathon. Um, great course, tough little course. Um, came back and two hundred people there. Probably a hundred of them walked away with a kind of a vegetable box filled filled with vegetables. 
Uh, and if you didn't get a, a veggie box as a, as a spot prize, then you got a five kg bag of spuds. Uh, and then the prizes for first, second, and third across the 5K, 10K, 15K, and half marathon was more vegetables. So my wife and I came away with a bag of potatoes and, um, and two big boxes of vegetables. So you know, we're going to be well and truly sorted for, uh, you know, we have to go into South Isolation. How good is that? I mean, what, you know, talk about, um, you know, really speaking to what you're, what you, so yeah, you posted on Facebook today. Um, you didn't ask for my advice, but here it is anyway. And it's kind of a, a recipe for health. And, I mean, that kind of encapsulates everything, what you walked away with yesterday. But we just wondered if we could just walk, walk through these things with you. Do you want and, me to talk through them or do you, are you going to read it off? Well, should we? I'll, Matt can read them out and then we can discuss or you yeah. can expand. and Yeah. So and I'm guessing, you know, for, for context, this is sort of coronavirus specific to so living through this particular time. Um, let's focus on being as healthy as possible, including but not limited to lots of good food, including lots of vegetables, lots of sleep and lots of sunlight exposure, including but not limited to vitamin D. So I guess the, and obviously you gave context, but from, from my perspective, you know, there's a, a lot of, and you already spoke to that, but there's a lot of uncertainty as to you know, how bad is this thing and, and you know, what's going to happen, what does the future look like? And, and none of us, well, maybe there are some people that know, but none of us really know. Uh, and so for me, it's, you know, okay, let's, we, could, we can put it into the negative, but actually if we bring it into the positive and say, okay, what can we do? And, and really, you know, the big ones are we can find something as healthy as possible. And so, you know, the two most obvious things to be doing from a health perspective are to be getting lots of sleep uh, and to be eating lots of good food, which, and, and the vegetables, which ties in nicely to the Bombay fun run. Um, you know, I'm yet to meet a nutritionist who disagrees that we should eat a lot of vegetables. So yeah. if, if we, can, we can debate till the cows come home what someone's nutritional regime should look like. Uh, but you know, we will all agree, or we should all agree, that you know, as a baseline, there should be a lot of vegetable content in that. Yeah, so that you're right. It's sort of everybody's starting point should be vegetable, shouldn't it? And absolutely, yeah. What, and, what, and whenever, whenever an athlete, sorry, to cut you off. Whenever yeah. an athlete asks me, or a human being actually asks me about the nutritional, I will often set them the challenge to say, let's try and aim for 15 servings of vegetables in a day. Five, five plus a day kind of doesn't really cut it. Like, let's aim for 15. Mm. And at the point you're you're eating fifteen consistently, then let's have a conversation about you know whatever else you want to have a conversation about. Because on top of the fifteen, you know, and that's a real challenge for people to get the fifteen servings of vegetables in a day. But if you can do that or get really close to that, then you know, you're probably onto a like you're probably going to get a, a, a big tick in the in the column next to that. Yeah. Mm. So what do you? I mean, putting aside the other aspects of your diet, but what do you eat in, in the way of vegetables to to get that fifteen a day? Well, I think so. This is where maybe I'm a little bit, um, a little bit strange. I'm a lot strange actually, but I'm a little bit strange in that I have no qualms whatsoever about eating what most people would consider lunch or dinner for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the time, I will have salad or or, you know, or last night's leftover dinner uh, for breakfast, as well as then having what people might traditionally call breakfast and lunch for both breakfast and lunch. Um, so there's. There's lots of salads in there, um, you know, through and, and just a variety of, of you know, various vegetables. And I'm, I, I, you know, I'm certainly not going to um, sit here on my high horse and say that I'm perfect and every day I eat 15 cents vegetables because I'm not. I'm a human being and I'm flawed like the rest of us. Uh, but um, you know, but for the for the most part, as best as possible, I'm going to try and get vegetables into the mix. Hmm. And I guess it's like Michael Pollan said, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yes. Don't eat too much and eat mainly vegetables. It's yeah. fairly simple yeah. advice. So lots of lots of sleep. Yeah. And this is one that yeah, so I've been sort of trumpeting the sorry. benefits of coming off, you know, again, not to hammer that home, coming off 20 years of shift work, the amount of sleep mm. that I'm getting these days. I had a nap yesterday. I had two naps, actually. Mm. <laughs> I napped twice. Yeah. What do, what do you mean by lots of sleep, James? Yeah, so one of the... I'm probably going to get to it, but I'll, I'll bring it in. But one of the points that I put a little bit lower down the list, and there's not that many points, but was reducing stress and, and sympathetic dominance. Uh, and so I think you're, I'm going to tie that in. So we, and from an, an immune perspective, so 
in essence, our, um, our nervous system has, has two kind of branches. We have a sympathetic and a, and a parasympathetic. Uh, people are probably familiar with those names, but often they don't necessarily know what they mean. So the sympathetic is basically you know, a lion jumps out of the closet and you've got to escape. Well, all your body's really focused on is outrunning that or escaping the, the terror that's upon you. So it's the fight or flight mechanism, right? In that scenario, your immune system is not important. Your ability to digest food is not important. Your ability to recover and rest is not important whatsoever. And so unfortunately in a Western realm, we have a, a we have a lot of people who spend a lot of time in a sympathetic state. And so in order for their immune system to, to be strong and in order for them to recover, in order for them to grow, they need to be able to flip that into the, into the parasympathetic. There are other people and there's a smaller percentage of them who are parasympathetically dominant and needs a bit of sympathetic dominance but, or a bit of a kick but for the most part I think in a Western society we have that, that sympathetic stuff and so for them for um, for a lot of us the not for a lot of us for all of us the last period of time when we're ever able to access that parasympathetic rest and digest and, and support the immune system is when we sleep and when we rest and so rest doesn't just mean sleep. We can, you, know, you can lie on a couch and, and read a book or you know, sit and, and meditate or just go and sit out in the park and, and watch, the, watch the clouds go by. Uh, and that will hopefully also give you an opportunity to process thought and to be, be able to rest and digest. But sleep is, is massively important by the same, same as part of that. Mm. So do you, do you, how do you practice that? I mean, do you... you you know, you've got a. You're a very busy man. You're with a very busy family. man. Yeah. How, how do you cope? Um, so yeah, I have uh, two children. Uh, I have a two-year-old son and a forty-five-day-old son, uh, and so that is absolutely a challenge. As it is a challenge for for anyone. I'm I, my I'm fortunate that I have an amazing wife, uh, and that uh, we're kind of a division of labour at the moment. Where I sleep with our oldest son. Uh, and she's sleeping with our youngest son, so I I, get, I don't really get woken up by our, our older son very much, um, and she gets woken up obviously a little bit by uh, by our youngest son. Um, so, but I think it's about having good for me as well as for anyone else. It's about having good sleep hygiene, we might call, or good good sleep habits. And so, you know, that's a, a consistent bedtime that um, they're trying to turn off uh, screens you know, as long before bedtime as possible. Um, you know, and maybe that's some winding down or, or setting the scene for the uh, for the following day. Uh, a little bit difficult at the moment, but my wife and I have a, a practice uh, of you know, before we go to, to sleep at night of, of sharing a couple of things that we're grateful for for the day, uh, which you know, also means that when I am trying to get to sleep, I'm not trying to process a whole lot of negative garbage that's gone on through the day. I'm able, I'm able to kind of rest easy and be relaxed and be thinking kind of happy thoughts as best as possible. So mm. that's about, I think, getting into bed you know, early, uh, getting as much sleep like time as possible uh, and, then, um, and then having some routine. Brilliant. What's the next one, Matt? So we've got plenty of fresh air. What's so good about fresh air? Aren't we meant Not to be staying, stuff, right? aren't like we, old, aren't old we meant to be staying old. inside? Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. I see, I, so... Yeah, I would need to, I'm not uh, 100% clued up on, on what Justin uh, Rodin et al's uh, kind of um, uh, statements have been today. I've been spending a bit of the afternoon at my end, uh, albeit that I'm fairly certain. I read through, through some self-isolation guidelines earlier today, mainly because my father is currently returning from uh, from Canada, so he's going to have to self-isolate for 14 days, so just kind of looking through that stuff. To the best of my knowledge, self-isolation doesn't mean that people need to be staying inside. It just means that you kind of need to be in a space, but that doesn't mean that you can't go outside and you know, breathe in some fresh air and, and you know, watch the world go by. So, um, you know, plenty of, uh, hopefully what it does mean is there might be less traffic on the road. And so if you're in, in suburbia, you'll be able to go outside and, and the, the streets will be free of traffic. So that's exactly right. And, and, and the guidelines actually say that you are able, if you're asymptomatic, to run, bike ride, go for walks, yeah, but get outside. about maintaining that 
personal space. The other the other thing that I was yep. I was reading some I was actually reading some stuff today from nineteen the nineteen eighteen nineteen flu um, epidemic. epidemic and the the advice then was ventilate ventilate your house as well as get outside you know there was the you know they they would put patients outside but even just that act of making sure your windows are open getting some fresh air in the house has has got to be good for you doesn't it i would have thought so yeah. <laughs> so you've also supplementing a healthy yeah. diet with vitamin c fish oil probiotics apple cider vinegar and various fermented foods some more on the food too. Again, kind of speaks for yourself, right? Just supporting the immune system. I think you know, um, vitamin D obviously comes into that. We've talked about that in terms of sunlight exposure and getting outside. Um, your vitamin C, the bowel tolerance is you know, probably um, super useful for people at the moment in terms of just making sure their immune system is, is, uh, is boosted. Obviously, from a running perspective, we're talking to runners. Uh, the One of the byproducts of, of running is kind of the free radicals. Uh, as, a, as a result of the oxidative stress of running, so we kind of want to deal with that. Vitamin C helps with that. Um, fish oil, again, it's a little bit of a contentious subject as to whether those these supplements are, um, are uh, what the, the bioavailability of them is, as in how much of it's actually useful for the body. But you know, in a, in a pandemic situation, you, you probably don't have a whole lot to, use, to lose. And, and I'd be happy to have a debate on a one-on-one basis with people around you know taking on some some fish oil or something. Some probiotics, um, and then some fermented foods. I think you know sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha. Again, that would be ideal if you could make all of those things yourself. By yourself, um, the best thing would be to go and buy them. But again, support the immune system as best as possible. Tell us about the um, the apple cider and fermented foods. What are we trying to achieve there? Um, so I guess it's a it's probiotic content really um, the, the fermented foods every civilization since the dawn of existence pretty much has had uh, some fermented foods in their, in their diet in some way shape or form um, from yeah from as I say sauerkraut sauerkraut uh, you name it and so it's just, uh, another way of getting kind of probiotics into the system so it's promoting good gut health really isn't it yeah totally and that's where lots of the good stuff lives mm, from the good absolutely lives, yeah. and it, you put, I mean, it seems rather self-explanatory, but lots of exercise, preferably outside in nature. And that's, I mean, I know that so, yeah. one of the health, sorry, sorry, no, one of the health things is, you know, that we're hearing is for people to basically skip the gym. You know, like you don't want to be picking up weights that 40 different people have picked up or all sorts of stuff like that. But, you know, what is it about being outside? Well, I think we're really just to touch on that because you know, you're right that if you if you're a uh, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but if you're a gym junkie, then yeah, potentially you've got an issue because there's a whole lot of people sweating in, in the same room and ventilating in the same air conditioned building. Whereas we're quite lucky as runners, right? Because you know, you can be even if you're outside running with a bunch of other people, you probably not flying snot rockets on on their, their onto them. Well, hopefully not. You might not. If you're a, if you're, a, if you're a hardcore trail runner. I'm, I'm not sure. But, um, being outside and, and being able to breathe in that fresh air, you're not breathing the oxygen or the the, uh, the of anyone else. Hopefully, so yeah, there, there should be no real need for people's running training to uh, to change. I don't think. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to touch on that because we already touched on sort of the last thing. I mean, how are you approaching this with your athletes? I know in a sort of a modern construct, you know, and something that you've talked about long-term, it's that constant battle against FOMO or oversubscribing to races. You know, we are in a space where lots of things we don't know are being cancelled, we don't know if things are happening or not. What are you saying to your athletes who I'm sure some of them are giving you emails and calls about what should I do in regards to this race or that race or the other thing? Yeah, for sure. I had an actual, I figured that, this question would come up. So I have a, uh, an email in front of me from uh, a lady I do some coaching with, and it says, quote unquote, as you've no doubt heard, London Marathon has been postponed. I had a break this week whilst all of this madness has been worked through as it's impacted my motivation to train. Which I find, which I, I understand, though I find quite difficult. Uh, and I suspect and suggest that the next period of time, we don't know how long that period of time is going to be, but it's going to force 
us as a tribe, as a running tribe, to get really clear on, on why it is that we run. Mm-hmm. And those who aren't really clear on why they run, it'll eat them up. Uh, and so the thing that I've been coming back to over the last 48 hours is, uh, is a theory of motivation called self-determination theory, which I imagine that you guys may well be familiar with. And it basically suggests that our motivation sits on a continuum from a motivation at one end, and no motivation, and at the other end, intrinsically motivated, intrinsically motivated. And in the middle, we move from uh, a motivation to external regulation, to introjected regulation, to identified regulation, uh, to intrinsic motivation. And the, to the degree that uh, our innate or our inbuilt psychological needs of autonomy, competence, and relatedness are met, is to the degree that we will be motivated. And so ideally, we need to be making sure in this, in this time, in all times, but in this time in particular, that our, our innate needs of autonomy, competence, and relatedness are met so that we are able to, uh, to you know, have, uh, have an amazing you know, period of time. And so to talk a little bit more to each of those relatednesses is about feeling cared for as well as uh, having a sense of belonging. And that's a kind of a two-way street. So it's not only that, that people care for you, that you care for people. So it might be trying to take a, you know, from a trail perspective, it might be trying, trying to take a greater interest in maybe conservation or, or in terms of maintaining and, and helping out with a track that you love, something similar. Uh, from a competence perspective, it's you know, about mastery and, and um, effectiveness. So that might be that you're really going to put some focus into into developing your technique or to, to be developing your uh, capacity to run longer distances or to run faster uh, or to uh, maintain a, or attain a consistent level of training. I mean, autonomy is, is really about decision-making. That's probably the hard one at the moment because a lot of what's happening is kind of being dictated to us. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we can still have that autonomy and that, that um, self, uh, you know, those self-made decisions around you know, what we're going to go and do and who we're going to run with and where we're going to run. And maybe that provides a little bit more because there's, there's, unfortunately, there's not going to be a plethora of events that we can go and pick and choose from. Uh, and, but there is, as a result, potentially going to be space for uh, people to be able to go and uh, train in, in places they haven't been before and experience mm. new things. I guess it's the thing, isn't it? You're really training for, I mean, it gives you the ability to lay down a really solid block of training yeah I, I hadn't thought of it like that james but you're absolutely right it's sort of like the pressure's off isn't it mm. you know you, you don't you don't have to worry about the next race so much as there's this bit that i want to work on the way that i run and you know obviously for me i struggle with technical trails and stuff so maybe it's time for me to actually put some time into that without worrying about um you know sort of a particular uh you know working on endurance or other things i can just concentrate on that yeah. And it, I think it'll go one of two ways for people, right? They'll either go, uh, there'll be a bunch of people, unfortunately, who, because this is all happening, go, well, screw it, I'm going to go and do something else. Or I'm mm. not going to do anything because what's the point? I can't, you know, the, um, I don't know, the duel's been cancelled this weekend, so yeah. or postponed or whatever. So, you know, because that's happening, I, I give up. Uh, yeah. Versus, you know, let's flip that. Uh, and I'm going to reference a book in a moment, but let's flip that and, and create the opportunity and say, well, yeah, as, as, as you did, let's, um, let's make sure that we you know, focus on uh, on you know, running technical trails or whatever. The great book that I've been reading, which is unrelated, but seems to keep relating back to stuff, is Dina Caster's book, which I don't know if either of you have read, uh, called Let Your Mind Run. Have you guys read it? No. You should read it. Yeah. So it's amazing. So Dina Castor, a little backstory. Dina Castor, for those who don't know, uh, American uh, marathon runner, won bronze medal at the uh, Olympics in the marathon, uh, American record holder in the marathon in 220-odd. Was an amazing athlete uh, through high school but and through college, but didn't really hit her potential, mainly because of kind of psychological limitations. Uh, and so it wasn't until... As a, trying to make it as a professional runner, working with Joe Vihill out of Alamosa in Colorado, uh, where he kind of took her on a, uh, I guess, or introduced her to a, like a more spiritual method of, well, not even method, but um, you know, mindset around uh, you know, the 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 negative self talk that comes up during training and during workouts and, and and life, and being able to flip that and seeing things as the opportunity. I think this is you know, kind of a classic. Uh, example of that. 
Mm, now's the time. Well, that's brilliant. So not only a good recipe for just being healthy, but a book recommendation. There you mm. go. Eat it up, people. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, James, thanks very much for coming on. I mean, we'll uh, – uh, sorry, just quietly, I can hear more pork in the background. Are you outside? Uh, was a, I think you might have just heard a door, but there, there, we do have a – so I'm quite fortunate um, that I – at the moment, and living on my parents' farm. And so we have, they have, 60 hectares of farmland in Bombay. Uh, 12 hectares in the middle of that is planted into native bush. It planted about three years ago. Uh, I have, as I think you guys might know, I have kind of free reign to uh, cut and maintain a track. So I have a five-kilometre uh, private track on the on the farm through the native bush, uh, which is, there's some, some scope to extend that to more. So, yeah, we do have a... Quite often when I'm outside at night, I can hear a, a ruru or a mopo um, in the background. Beautiful. Fantastic. We'll have to come out and uh, hit that trail. Socially I, I look with forward you. to it. The invitation is always open. And, and of course, you know, Bombay, right? So I'm like the gateway to the rest of the country. Uh, so um, <laughs> it's going to annoy everyone who lives south of the Bombays and everyone north of the Bombays is just going to be nodding in agreement. Uh, but, you know, the, the invitation here, I'd love to take you for a, for a hoon on the, on the trail. Fantastic. Thanks, hey, thanks James. Thanks, James. Yeah. I, I think that I hadn't, until he'd said that, about the fact that there's no races, the pressure comes off. I hadn't really thought about it. And he's right. He is right. It's a time to regroup and put work into some of those things that, you know, you don't, you, you put off because you've got a race coming up. And it's, a, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, for the, it's an opportunity. I don't race much. So my race schedule is probably. But once, you've, once but every you've set your months. mind on, you know, you've set your mind on a particular race, right? Yeah, but it's a long way away. I know, but you, you're building towards it. Yeah. Whereas now, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, Who I'm knows? trained as normal. There's no, there's no pressure and, you know, you can just do it, you know, focus on something. Choose yeah. something to focus on. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, have that as a goal rather than as a race. It's just going to be some recalibrating, recalibrating really, isn't it? So anyway, Absolutely. thanks, James. Some really good advice here. Get, get along to the Bombay Fun Run. Yeah, that'd be get amazing. Get yourself some veggies next year. Get yourself some veggies. Stock us some veggies, yeah. What a great idea. Yeah. Right. Mm. Right, that's it. Thank you for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio and email dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher and other podcast platforms. Spotify. Yep, you can download directly <laughs> from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. And if we're not where you want us, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Also, if you like what you see, Please spread the love. It would be great as if many people heard this show as possible. And for that, we need your help, especially in these trying times. What a strange, yeah. sad week it's been. Yeah, I, th- I was thinking today, you know, like, do people want to listen to a running podcast? But I think, I don't know. I do. Yeah, I do too. I do. I think people want stuff to listen to. So, yeah. Right we're going to keep greatest one ever. Keep doing it. Do it. Mm. Oh, that's what you can focus on. You can focus writing your greatest run ever. Goddamn greatest run ever. Yeah. Slackers. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running for the Faster Spring Energy, Sielly. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Wild and Wild Things. Yeah. With a Z. Is wild it? Things. Oh, yeah. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. I want to know for sure. Mm. We've got a couple of really great guests lined up for next week. So Have we? We do. I don't know. I just ran all that out. No, we do have a couple of really great guests lined well, up for next oh, week. Oh, actually, we've got our live show. Of course, yeah. Three really great guests. So tune in then. Okay. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>